Chapter 10 of the Narrative of Sojourner Truth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Narrative of Sojourner Truth by Olive Gilbert and Sojourner Truth. Chapter 10 Trials Continued when she had been at Mr. Neely's several months, she began to beg God most earnestly to send her father to her, and as soon as she had commenced to pray, she began as confidently to look for his coming, and, ere it was long, to her great joy he came. She had no opportunity to speak to him of the troubles that weighed so heavily on her spirit while he remained, but when he left, she followed him to the gate, and unburdened her heart to him inquiring if he could do something to get her a new and better place. In this way the slaves often assist each other, by ascertaining who are kind to their slaves comparatively, and then using their influence to get such an one to hire or to buy their friends. And masters, often from policy as well as from latent humanity, allow those they are about to sell or let to choose their own places if the persons they happen to select for masters are considered safe pay. He promised to do all he could, and they parted. But every day, as long as the snow lasted, for there was snow on the ground at the time, she returned to the spot where they had separated, and walking in the tracks her father had made in the snow, repeated her prayer, that God would help her father to get her a new and better place. A long time had not elapsed when a fisherman, by the name of Scriver, appeared at Mr. Neely's and inquired of Isabel if she would like to go and live with him. She eagerly answered yes, and nothing doubting but he was sent in answer to her prayer. And she soon started off with him, walking while he rode, for he had bought her at the suggestion of her father paying one hundred and five dollars for her. He also lived in Ulster County, but some five or six miles from Mr. Neely's. Scriver, besides being a fisherman, kept a tavern for the accommodation of people of his own class, for his was a rude, uneducated family, exceedingly profane in their language, but, on the whole, an honest, kind, and well-disposed people. They owned a large farm, but left it wholly unimproved, attending mainly to their vocations of fishing and innkeeping. Isabella declares she can ill describe the kind of life she led with them. It was a wild, out-of-door kind of life. She was expected to carry fish, to hoe corn, to bring roots and herbs from the woods for beers, go to the strand for a gallon of molasses or liquor, as the case might require, and browse around, as she expresses it. It was a life that suited her well for the time being, as devoid of hardship or terror as it was of improvement, a need which had not yet become a want. Instead of improving at this place morally, she retrograded as their example taught her to curse, and it was here that she took her first oath. After living with them for about a year and a half, she was sold to one John J. Dumont for the sum of seventy pounds. This was in 1810. Mr. Dumont lived in the same county as her former masters, in the town of New Paltz, and she remained with him till a short time previous to her emancipation, 
by the state in 1828. End of chapter 10